It's great to be in the SEC, especially when you're playing for a national championship. Georgia Bulldogs, TCU Horn Frogs. This is the College Football National Championship episode. I'm going to give you my full preview, breakdown, and score prediction right here on the SEC Recap Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SEC Recap Podcast. I am your host, Ben Warren. If you're joining me in audio form on Google, Apple, Spotify, don't hit pause, don't hit stop. Keep this right on rolling, but leave a rating and a review. It takes about 15 to 20 seconds of your time. It's completely free, and it helps me grow the show and reach more SEC football fans. And if you're joining us again on YouTube, thank you, thank you, thank you this This bowl season was amazing. The channel just exploded in subscribers. We're over 200 now. Um, Got just tons of engagement and interaction on every video. Might have to do some audience engagement awards um, because you guys were awesome. And if you're here for the first time or if you're here for the second, third, or fourth time and you haven't subbed to the channel yet, take a chance. Hit that thumbs up. I'd love to get 20, 30 likes on every video and sub to the channel. I just like talking about college football the way most fans love talking about college football. And you guys interacting with this and dropping your comments and your scores, even when you say some not nice things, doesn't matter. It just makes the show run. And I'm thankful for all of you. All right. No more wasting time. I know exactly why you're here. You're either a Georgia fan or you're a TCU fan, and you're here to to hear me say some nice things about your team. Well, you're both in luck. I'm going to say some nice things about both of you. So let's get right into the matchup. TCU, man, what a story. Blazing their way past Michigan in the Fiesta Bowl to earn their way to a national championship under first-year head coach Sonny Dykes. And Dykes has had some success prior to arriving at TCU uh, as a head coach, but going 13-1, and playing for a national championship, I think that exceeds all expectations most people could have for you in your first year. Georgia Bulldogs, they are back to defend their title of national championship. They earned their way in by way of a spec spectacular fourth quarter comeback against Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. If you didn't see that game, pause this video. Don't close out the tab. Don't exit out. Just pause it. Open up a new tab. Go watch the highlights of that game, especially that fourth quarter. Then come back and resume this episode so you'll just have an idea of what transpired in that game. It was some of, if not the best, college football playoff football I have ever seen. So I originally thought we might go back and recap how the SEC did in all the bowl games. I think I'll save that for another episode. I think there's a few fans out there of of certain teams who may not be too eager to relive uh, the results of their bowl game. I know a lot of fans are eager to keep living in the results of their bowl games, but we've got a lot of time between now and next season. I think we'll just save that for a future episode, maybe next week when we're filling some content. So we will dive straight into this matchup. And as always, I like to start with the offense. 
Now, if you're listening in audio form, you can always click the episode article link in the description that will take you to my articles page and you can follow along with the stat graphics. And a couple people have pointed out that uh, when reading these articles, what I'm saying is almost verbatim or very similar to what you read in the article. And I do that because uh, some people are horribly challenged. They're they're deaf or they're hearing impaired um, and they may not be able to listen to uh you know, the audio version of the podcast or just watching along on YouTube isn't fun with subtitles. So I write as closely as I like to talk so that people who are uh, hearing impaired can follow along and read with the same tone and cadence uh, and pacing that I use when I speak. So that's why I do it. As always, these graphics are I do for free for you guys. Always, I love having a nice visual. Georgia and TCU both top 10 scoring offenses. Georgia, the number eight scoring offense in the country, 39 and a half points per game, 39.4 to be exact, on 495 total yards per game. TCU, the number four scoring offense, 41.1 points per game on 474 total yards per game. So we are really close. We're within a point and a half on points per game average, and we're within 20 yards, 21 yards on yards per game average. So number four, number eight, those are a lot, lot closer than maybe that four spot difference would suggest. Uh, so let's break it down. Georgia with the number 15 passing attack in the country in terms of yards, 293 yards per game, while TCU has the number 29 passing attack. Both very good. Again, about 20 yards difference. Uh, Georgia, 27 passing touchdowns on the season. TCU with 33 passing touchdowns on the season. In terms of the run game, Georgia number 22 in the country, 202 yards per game. And TCU, 204 yards per game on the ground. That's good for 19 in the country. Georgia has 39 rushing touchdowns. TCU has 36 rushing touchdowns on the season. Georgia minus two turnover margin. That's not great. It's not awful. Um, you, you definitely would rather be neutral uh, or positive in that stat category. Uh, but that's not a game changer there for the Bulldogs. They are still very efficient. Uh, we'll talk about efficiency here a little later on in this episode. But all of these numbers are so close, guys. I cannot give a strong advantage to either team. These are two very different styles of offenses. TCU more reliant on those big plays, those big chunk plays. Georgia perfectly capable of doing that themselves, but Georgia much more likely to, you know, run up a couple touchdowns on you and then just lean on you with their ground game. So I am not giving an advantage to either team here in terms of offense. This is pretty neutral, different, but neutral. So to see where the real difference is, let's uh, in turn look at the defense, and you'll right away see what I'm talking about here. Georgia with the number five scoring defense in the country, TCU number 64. So Georgia top five, TCU kind of dead middle in terms of scoring defense in the FBS. Let's break down Georgia first. 14.8 points per game allowed. That is suffocating. 305 total yards given up to opponents on average. Now, the best part about this Georgia defense is that rushing defense. I had to double check this stat to make sure I wasn't looking at bad data. 
Georgia allows just 80 rushing yards a game on average to opponents. That is good for number two in the country. They have only given up six rushing touchdowns on the season. I had to double take to check that number. It is true. The most rushing yards they gave up this season was in week one to Oregon. They allowed 140. They have only allowed over 100 yards, I think, just two or three times since then. Um, uh, They gave up, I think, 120 or 119 to Ohio State. Uh, so versus some really good, talented offenses, this rushing defense has just been locked down. That is a problem for TCU. Now, one stat that skews this Georgia defense back the other way, but not much, is that passing defense. Georgia has the number 66 passing defense in the country. They give up 224 yards per game through the air, 15 passing touchdowns. Allowed. We'll talk about this a little bit more, but that puts them dead middle of the FBS. We have seen some teams throw on Georgia effectively. Most recently, Ohio State, LSU in the SEC championship game, um, and even Florida threw for like 274. I mean, that's not shattering any, any records there, but Florida, not a strong passing team, was able to put up some yards against Georgia. However, They are still locked in in that top five in scoring defense. They have just been so good all season. Let's take a look at TCU. Number 64 scoring defense in the country. Big difference in points per game. 26.4 points per game given up to opponents on 395 total yards per game allowed. They have the number 93 Passing defense, so not a good passing defense. That is back third in the FBS. 243 passing yards per game allowed. They've given up 21 passing touchdowns through the air. And they have the number 70, again, that's back half of the FBS, rushing defense, 151 rushing yards per game given up, 24 rushing touchdowns allowed. One good thing I will say, though, is that plus nine turnover margin for TCU. They have capitalized on turnovers. Plus nine is really, really good. Offhand, I don't have uh, what that ranks them. I would say it's probably like top 20 to 30 or so in the FBS in turnover margin. Uh, So plus nine is really, really good, but that is not good enough to swing this defensive advantage remotely in their favor. All of these numbers favor Georgia. So I'm giving the defensive advantage clearly to Georgia. So quick recap, offensive advantage, I'm calling that neutral. Defensive advantage, I'm going heavy with Georgia here. All right, this is normally when I would do injuries, opt-outs, and transfers as I was covering for all of the other bowl games. Uh, But injuries is the primary designation here. Don't really have any new opt-outs or transfers. Hopefully, since both teams are playing for a national championship, you would hope that that takes precedence over uh, the transfer portal, and it does. So we'll look at injuries, starting with Georgia here. A big one. Uh, Saw this happen during the game. Tight end Darnell Washington, some kind of left ankle injury. He was seen on crutches following an exit From the Peach Bowl matchup against Ohio State, he has 27 receptions for 426 yards and two touchdowns on the year. He is a big, big presence on that offensive line. Guys, 
while I'm recording this, I do not have updated availability information. So by the time you're watching this, he could have been declared ineligible or, or inactive or active for this game. Um, I don't have that information on hand while I'm recording this. I might update that in the video comments when that comes out. For TCU, also a significant injury here. Running back Kendra Miller, he had a right knee injury. He did receive treatment at halftime and he returned for the first series of the second half, but that was just one carry for one yard before exiting the game again. Maybe they were just trying to test out how severe that injury was. If he came back in for a series, maybe that gives you a little bit of optimism. Again, I don't have his most up-to-date availability status. That will probably come out in between the time I record this and the time you see this. Kendra Miller, 224 carries for 1,399 yards, 17 touchdowns on the year. That is good for 14th in the FBS. Uh, Okay, not not a huge part of their passing game. 16 receptions for 116 yards on the season. We'll look at who's going to step up in place for him coming up here when we talk about key players. Uh, and again, I'll go back to Georgia. And let me toss up some side-by-side -side stats here uh, while... There we go. While I kind of talk about uh, the key players, for Georgia, I'm just going to shout out some position groups here. I mean, Brock Bowers does Brock Bowers things, and uh, you know, Kenny McIntosh does Kenny McIntosh things. Like, we could, I could talk forever about uh, some of these offensive guys, but I want to really quickly shout out the Georgia defense, particularly from the Peach Bowl. They had four different players record a sack. Two linebackers, a DB, a defensive lineman against an Ohio State offensive line that had only allowed eight sacks on the year up to that game that was good for like third or fourth in the fbs man whoo that georgia defense they they had it rolling tcu has allowed 24 sacks coming into the national championship game that's 1.7 per game so that georgia defense i kind of like a lot in that matchup. And we'll get into more of this uh, offense versus defense match here in a minute. Uh, second position group for Georgia, I want to shout out as key players are those pass catchers. And this is something I've kind of been following all season. Most teams distribute the ball to about six on average at most different pass catchers. Georgia regularly distributes the ball to about 10 different receivers, including the running backs. Uh, that is a lot more on average than just about any other team. You can find some outliers for most teams, including Georgia, but on average per game, they're distributing that ball to about 10 different people. It just goes to show you how many different people you have to be aware of on Georgia's offense bringing me to this guy special shout out arian smith coming into the peach bowl he had three catches for 66 yards that's it he had one catch versus mizzou for seven yards one catches versus tennessee for 52 yards and a catch versus lsu for seven he put up three catches for 129 and a touchdown that is getting into like randy moss type stat line against ohio state he was really, really, really good. So I just wanted to shout him out. I don't know that they're going to have the exact same repeat type of performance. 
I I think game script is going to go a lot differently in this game than it did against Ohio State, but I had to shout that out. Um, for TCU, I'm going to focus on their offense because that is really what makes this team go. Max Duggan, 63.7% completion rating, thir- over 3,500 yards, 32 touchdowns to just six interceptions. He's doubled his touchdown total from last season. He makes this offense go. If he can't get a play through the air, he he uses his legs. I mean, he has been playing out of his mind in every game all season. TCU does pass more than they run, so I expect Max Duggan and these receivers to continue to try to move the ball in those big chunk plays as they are wont to do. But he also runs in the red zone, guys. He has 127 carries for 461 yards and eight touchdowns. I also want to mention wide receiver Quentin Johnston. Against Michigan's number 21 ranked pass defense, Johnson had six receptions for 163 and a touchdown. Last guy here, Kendra Miller went down in this game, but who stepped up? Running back Emery DeMercado. If if Kendra Miller can't play or is limited, I think DeMercado is one to watch against Michigan's seventh ranked rush defense. He had 17 carries for 150 yards and one touchdown. He averaged 8.8 per carry against that Michigan rush defense. Miller was averaging 7.1. Guys, when your running backs are doing that well, part of that is your offensive line. Now, TCU's offensive line has given up 24 sacks on the year, but clearly they can run the ball well. However, let's go back and look at these matchups. Let me uh, enlarge here. So TCU's offense versus Georgia's defense. Okay, look, TCU found ways to run and throw on a good Michigan defense. They also managed to get four turnovers for Michigan. That goes into that plus nine turnover margin, right? Michigan was not a strong passing team. They're like 83 in the FBS. But TCU forced Michigan into that style of game because of how fast they got out ahead. Michigan never really had control of that game. I think it's fair to say that TCU's offense is good enough to move the ball on just about any competition. But when we look at the games where TCU was played close, e.g. the loss to Kansas State, the Baylor game, those two teams were able to get off the field on third down and create turnovers. Neither of those teams, Kansas or Baylor, were playing from huge deficits. They were playing pretty tight the whole way. Michigan was out of rhythm and mistake-prone through the whole first half of the Fiesta Bowl. TCU had two offensive touchdowns, a pick six, recovered a Michigan fumble, held Michigan to a field goal, and ended the first half 21-3. to In the second half, Michigan went field goal, touchdown, pick six, touchdown, 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 before they were forced to punt again. So TCU couldn't really stop Michigan in the second half. I don't know if I see TCU's defense being able to stop Georgia's offense in either half. Um, Let me pull up the other side of this matchup here. Okay, when you look at this, I don't like how this matches up for TCU's defense versus Georgia's offense. 
I like TCU's offense against Georgia's defense a lot more than I like TCU's defense against Georgia's offense, if that makes sense. Ohio State didn't exactly stop Georgia's offense in the first half either. Georgia had a missed field goal and an interception. They scored on every other possession and didn't punt until the second half. Okay, so Georgia forced the Ohio State offense to punt three times in the first half and twice in the second half. Georgia was like playing from behind, but it was still pretty close. They overcame that fourth quarter gap to close that game. But Georgia and Ohio State were playing a lot tighter than Michigan and TCU were playing. Georgia is the fourth most efficient offense in the country per ESPN. Ohio State is number one. Georgia also has the second most efficient defense in the country, while TCU is 18th. I just think the balance and efficiency of Georgia on both sides of the ball is going to be too much for TCU. Georgia showed that they can close a fourth quarter from behind against a top 30 scoring, passing, and rushing defense. TCU is in the back half of the FBS in all of those categories defensively. So I just don't like this matchup in the fourth quarter in a national championship game. Now, Georgia does need to watch out for the big play for Duggan to Johnston. I mean, they they will try to hit those. But I think even if TCU does manage to hit some over the top, I don't think that's going to phase Georgia one bit. Let's look at the odds here. So ESPN's FPI has Georgia way out in front at 72.2% chance to win versus TCU at 27.8% chance to win. I mean, this the computers think this is really, really one-sided. Vegas favors Georgia at minus 13. Again, that's the most recent number that I got as I wrote this and recorded this, it could change in between the time I record this and the time you see it. Uh, the money line favors Georgia at minus 550. The over-under sits at 62 and a half um, with team totals for Georgia at 37 and a hook and TCU at 23.8. I actually think this is pretty close. Um, if anything, I might favor the over and I might even favor Georgia cover that point total and the spread even though TCU is 10 and 3 and 1 against the spread and Georgia is 7 and 7 I know a lot of people picking this game have Georgia winning straight up but TCU covering the spread I'm not so sure that's the case I think this maybe goes a little differently I think that's a bit conservative in my opinion so who am I picking in this game look I've been wrong about TCU all season. I think most people have. They are absolutely deserving of being in the college football playoff, playing for a national championship. What an amazing season for Sonny Dykes, Max Duggan, that whole team. They have outperformed expectations. They outphysicaled a Michigan team that they were a minus seven and a half point underdog against. They unequivocally uh, or sorry, that not a minus seven and a half point underdog. They were a seven and a half point underdog against. They unequivocally earned their right to be where they are. But I think it ends here. 
I think this could be a great game. It wouldn't surprise me for TCU to play this close for a half, to hit some big plays, but I just think Georgia pulls away, and I'm inclined to think that Georgia even covers the 13. I think TCU tries to pick up big plays early on to get that lead uh, and to play into that shootout-type script that they've basically done and been successful at all year. It's possible they can have some, some success here against Georgia's passing defense, if TCU's offensive line can give Duggan some time. I mean, LSU threw for over 500 yards and three touchdowns through the air against Georgia. Ohio State threw for almost 350 yards and four touchdowns through the air against Georgia. So TCU can definitely attack Georgia through that style of game. But if Georgia gets sacks, gets third down stops, forces TCU to punt six times in this game, I think it's only a matter of time before Georgia takes a lead and then just grinds out the clock. TCU couldn't really stop Michigan once once Michigan's offense got some rhythm. I don't see TCU's defense stopping Georgia's offense. This really feels like the type of game where Georgia scores on you know, two or three really polished early drives that might be touchdown, touchdown, field goal or touchdown, field goal or touchdown, touchdown. And then they just kind of lean on TCU like they've done to so many other teams. They control the clock. They limit the amount of possessions that they give TCU's really explosive offense and they just grind out this game. I think Vegas is pretty close here. Give me Georgia 38, TCU 24. That actually has Georgia covering, winning outright. But guys, I think Georgia could even go into the 40s here. I think this could easily be 41-24. I think this could be 44 or 45-24. Um, I think it can skew a lot higher than a lot of people picking this game. So there you have it. Bulldogs, I think you repeat. I think you defend that national championship title and you bring another one back home to Athens. TCU, it's been a phenomenal ride. Regardless of where you are, who you are, or where you're from, thank you for tuning into this episode of the SEC Recap Podcast. I will be back with you all offseason, not only talking football, recruiting, spring practices, heading into next season, but we're also going to be covering basketball and March Madness. We are now into SEC conference play, so I'm excited to dig into all of that with you guys uh, this season. Thank you so much. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at SEC Recap. Like, sub to the channel if you haven't already. I will catch you on the next episode. Enjoy the national championship game. This is the last football we get for nine months. I'll catch you on the next one right here on the SEC Recap Podcast. <laughs>